Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish. His buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We pastors. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Friday to you, October 20th, 2023. Scoots, you got to remember, man, I, I cannot hear anything when you're muted. So I just I got to go off what, what you're what you're going with. Uh, fun show to fun start to the show on Friday. You guys aren't going to believe it. Some technical difficulties. Uh, there's a decent chance that I may be doing this show on your Friday morning, October 20th, 2023. Uh, by myself, because something's wrong with Scoot's microphone. And as we know, Roush is out of town for this Friday morning, heading into your weekend. Uh, so we, we've got to figure out what we're going to potentially do on today's radio show. Because it could just be me, and that's not fun for anybody involved. So uh, can't even throw it to Scoot's because he can't talk, uh, which is kind of Hard to imagine that you have a microphone there and you can't chat. There we go. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Whoa. It seems like I got it worked out. How about that? Well, I I don't know. Horrible radio. I do apologize. I think anybody that's listening to Kentucky Roll Call is probably used to some of this stuff, doing (laughs) figuring this stuff on the air. Uh, the question is, are you talking through your microphone at all, or are you just talking through the computer speaker? I'm talking through the station mic. Yeah, it sounds like you're just talking through the desktop computer. Interesting. Well, like, the mic has nothing to do with it. Take the mic away from your mouth. Let's see if that changes anything. Just talk. Yeah, you, so you're, you're getting picked up on the computer audio. Right, let, which, me, let me try a few more settings there. No, I mean, I think that's better than nothing. Better I than think nothing, that that, yeah. That's better than, than not having a scoots on the show, potentially. What about now? Um, How's it sound I think now? Maybe the play, I don't know how it sounds on the other end or how it sounds on radio. The play may be if this is the best we can do is using your desktop audio, which not ideal, but better than nothing, then we may need you to just mute when you're not talking. Does this one sound any better? Maybe. Maybe there's kickback or something. Okay, I'll go back Besides to Besides that, other. though, I think we could be potentially good. All right, cool. uh, I'm, I'm getting word that Scoot sounds good on radio. Love it. 
which is uh, which is good. Uh, so you forgot your microphone? No, I brought my microphone, but it was dumb of me to assume that the power cord was just in the box. And I get to the studio, and my power cord is not in the box. But I was, I, I rummaged through everything here. I was able to find the same power cord that my mic uses, but I kept plugging it in my laptop, and it kept telling me that there's a power surge, and the port couldn't put out as much power as the microphone needed, which I've used this microphone in my laptop thousands of times, so I'm not real sure what's going on. That's not good, Scoots. It's not good. No. Did we figure out the the login to the station? Have you heard back from Trevor? I have not. No, I actually reached out to him last night and heard nothing. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on there. So now you're going on two days of just needing the password so you can have access to the text line as you have worked. So let's see, four hours, five hours, seven hours of on-air radio the last three days, and you haven't heard back from him. Not once. I'm going to send him another text right now, actually. Maybe it's his time to be awake. What, what is up with that? Should we be worried? I think I think we should at least be a little concerned. I mean, either something bad has happened that is stopping him from texting you back, or he's just being neglective enough that he's not helping out his radio station duties. I don't know which one's worse. Something actually being wrong or him just being a bad employee? Uh, something being wrong, for sure, because he's he's much needed around these parts. Yeah, well, that's that's my point. You know, you got to step it up. You got to keep it going. But hopefully everything's all right with him. So if we looked at your phone, it'd just be like four or five unanswered text messages to the big guy. There are three in a row, yeah. Yeah. Last time he responded to me would have been... I guess he texted me at, oh, that would have been Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night, last time I heard from him. Hmm. Not good. Well, I uh, hope he's doing all right. That being said, how was your Thursday evening, Scoots? We're going to try to make this work. What what you do? What'd you get into? Tell us all about it. It was good. I uh, didn't do a whole lot of anything. I read a couple of chapters of Harry Potter last night, so that was good. Um, actually, I was really ticked off last night. I told Rutherford, texted him. At when I got home and told him that he's never allowed to get off air at 5.30 again when I'm producing for him because I did not get home until 6.40. took me over an hour to get home last night due to traffic. So I was pretty ticked off. Didn't get home till a lot later than I was expecting to get home. I did play a game of MLB The Show, beat the Braves in game three of the playoffs of the divisional series. So I'm looking good in that regard. But yeah, then I just sat down, watched a little bit of the football game. Didn't Didn't take in too many sports last night. I didn't taken a single pitch of either baseball game which don't know why I did that I was really looking forward to those baseball games last night so yeah it was a it was a weird Thursday for me I've hit the po- point in my week where I'm just really tired I'm 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 exhausted and and not that radio work is hard work but just being in this building for so long this week is just really taking a toll on my mentals well everybody feels really bad for you no they shouldn't that's the point no. of the whole thing they shouldn't feel bad no, we do. We do. It has been a busy week for you. That's a lot of radio. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of being on air. And uh, if that's the way you wanted to spend your Thursday, it sounds like a pretty nice Thursday to me. You missed an awesome Phillies Diamondbacks game. Yeah, that's what I it looks watched, like. Uh, 
I would imagine most people listening to this radio show have probably watched as much, if not more, playoff baseball than I have. But I did watch the ending of that Phillies-Diamondbacks game. That was awesome. The Diamondbacks crowd, not as good as Philadelphia, but in a game like that, in that much pressure and uh, in that moment, that that was good, good old-fashioned playoff baseball. And then the return of the Astros. No team wants home field advantage in that series. They are in Dallas, or I guess Arlington, mm-hmm. and they beat the snot out of the Rangers to tie that series up 2-2. No home team has won in that series. So we're tied up 2-2 in that one, and then the NL, it's 2-1 Diamondbacks. So 2-1 there's Phillies. Your, no, 2-1 Diamondbacks. Or Phillies, yeah, excuse me. Diamondbacks um, won 2-1 last night, though, right? So I see the confusion. They, they, they did, but I, I promise you I was looking at the series and it said diamondbacks lead 2-1 and i was like oh i didn't know arizona got one in philly i was like i must have just and that totally with how little baseball i've watched i totally could have missed that but you're right looking at it again i probably either just mixed up the score or there was a typo and i got it they got it wrong or i got it wrong but regardless yeah you're right philly's up 2-1 home field has only one in that series the way that that has turned out so how about that there you have it yeah home field matters in one doesn't matter in the other one that is just, you know, you're going across Texas, home field doesn't matter. You're going across the country, home field does matter. Yeah, how about that? Had a good NFL game last night, too. I would ask you about it, but you've already spoiled the beans that you didn't watch it. I did, just not as much as I should have. Oh, you left watched, yourself on mute there, Scooties. Oh, I watched I watched until about halftime. And, yeah, I just I had seen enough. The, whole, the first half was really boring. I, I was ready for bed at that point. But looking, I woke up this morning, looked at the final score, and I was like, holy smokes, maybe I should have stayed up. Seems like an epic game when it came to the end of it, you know? Yeah, it was pretty good. You did have the 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 Saints tied up, despite being down 24-9 to in the second half. They did tie it up, and then you had the Jaguars looking like a competent, good, maybe have figured it out as a franchise NFL team. They march right on back down. They score with three minutes left. It looks like the Saints are going to tie it up again. Uh, really, really bad drop in that one. And uh, who was it? Foster Moreau. He just dropped a, a pass. That's a guy who has survived cancer and didn't look like maybe he's going to have much of a professional career. Uh, he was pretty beaten up over the drop. It was a bad drop. You got to come in with that that touchdown uh, in that in that situation but good Thursday night game felt good to have one felt good to have Travis Etienne on your fantasy lineup with no him getting kidding. two touchdowns although he was not the Jaguars leading rusher can you believe that Scoots was it Trevor Lawrence it was Trevor Lawrence yeah. you're right he His had a beautiful good. blonde hair in New Orleans just he had wild. he had a 24 yard run I believe it was in the first half and it was his second longest run of his career thought that was pretty funny yeah, that, I mean, that's – I think we'd all probably be a little surprised if we saw quarterbacks' longest run of their careers. I bet all of the numbers would be a little smaller than, than you would think, potentially. But Maybe so. Uh, I, I did make a, a trade in my big money fantasy league. Nobody cares about other people's fantasy teams, but do you want to hear this one? See what you think? Sure. Yeah, hit me. No, you're hearing it one way or another. All right, I traded away Cam Akers – Trevor Lawrence and Austin Eckler, and I received Jordan Mason. He's the backup running back in San Francisco. That was kind of the Cam Akers balancing. Tua Tagovailoa, I'm in Tua non, and then Jamar Chase. 
So I wow. received those three. I gave away Eckler, Lawrence, and Akers. So it really kind of turns down to Tua and Chase, and I gave away Lawrence and Eckler to receive those two. Although, you know, if something happens to Christian McCaffrey or something, Jordan Mason becomes a much bigger target. Something happens to Alexander Madison, Cam Akers probably becomes a bigger target. What do you think about that, though? But just Tua, Jamar Chase, for Lawrence and Eckler, did I, did I get a good deal? I think so, yeah. I mean, Eckler's been injured not even just this year but in years past, so you have to think that Eckler's probably going to spend a couple more weeks on the injured reserve list at some point this season, whereas Jamar Chase has remained healthy. And then Trevor Lawrence, of course, he had the injury concerns last night with his knee, but then we just talked about I mean, he ran the ball for 24 yards on that one carry, so the knee is obviously fine. Yeah, no, I think you made a great trade. I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I'm pretty stacked at wide receiver, but I I, I was kind of admittedly happy to upgrade at quarterback and Trevor Lawrence in our league, he put up 22 points last night for a quarterback. That's that, that's good. That's like if you get 22, it's not amazing. I think anything like over 30 is just like an awesome, awesome performance. Yeah. But anything below 15 at the quarterback position, that feels like you're you're getting taken advantage of a little bit. So Trevor Lawrence was always between that like 15 to 25 range where you really couldn't get too mad. Actually, last night was his most fantasy points he's had in the game at 22 points. He was just very average. And I'm ready for a little bit more in my quarterback game. That being said, you can also get a little bit less from time to time. And then Eckler, he looked fine on Monday, Scoot. So I, I think we just have to assume that he is going to be healthy. But you're not wrong. He could get hurt. But then again, on, on my side of things, two a one wrong hit in the head, and he could be out the wrong, the rest of the season. That's true. With his concussion injuries. And then Jamar Chase, you know, he, he can he can probably get hurt just as easily as a Austin Eckler could potentially. But yeah, so that's a that's a that was a big deal in the league, a big trade in the league. Had the lead talking, had people buzzing. Yeah, normally uh, he instantly already dropped Cam Akers, so Cam Akers free agent. Normally in fantasy football leagues, you don't get like blockbuster trades like that. So I'm pretty impressed that you all were able to pull that off. Normally, you know, you've got one side that's like, eh, I don't really want to give this up and you know, it's just a lot of hesitation when it comes to trades in fantasy football leagues. So glad that you were all you all were able to get that done. That seems like a blockbuster. Yeah, there are. You're right. Leagues seems like there's every league probably has a few people that love trading. They go out and offer a bunch of trades. Don't get a bunch of counters back. Um, but most leagues, yeah, they're usually pretty quiet in the trade market. But I'm I'm known to be a wheeler and dealer uh, if if the price is right. Uh, and this person approached me. I was like, all right, yeah, wow. sounds good to me. Let's go ahead and make it happen. Did so, you all have uh, to, like, flip some guys around, or was that the deal that was initially sent? He – I – so, like, I – a week ago, two weeks ago, offered him a trade, and he said no at the time, no big deal, didn't think any of it. He texted me back yesterday, and he was like, hey, I'll do that trade, but instead of Geno Smith, give me Trevor Lawrence. And I said, yeah, I'd rather get rid of Trevor Lawrence anyway, so – that works, so I just offered it up to him. He accepted it almost instantly. It was really easy, not a lot of back and forth. So uh, that that was good. He preferred Trevor Lawrence over Geno Smith. So I just had to change those quarterbacks out. I didn't care one bit, and it was uh, it was easy peasy. Speaking of easy peasy, Scoots, it is Boogie Fland recruiting day. We could not have you on the show today and not have you have a mic. Uh, Boogie Flam's making his commitment today. Yeah, and it's too bad that you're at home and you're not going to be able to hear the rejoins in the outros because I've got a gnarly Boogie playlist queued up for today. Yeah, I'm, I'm hyped. I cannot wait until 2 o'clock. 
I'm hoping it goes Indiana's way, but I've got a feeling. I woke up this morning. I was actually thinking about it on the way to the station this morning. I've just got a bad feeling in my stomach that it is going to be Kentucky. Is the bad feeling in your stomach that it's going to be Kentucky because all the experts are saying it's going to be Kentucky now? No, for me, it's more of just trying to protect myself emotionally. Like if I tell myself now that it's Kentucky, then I'll be less let down at two o'clock today. So I think that's what it comes from. I haven't really delved into the expert opinions where everybody thinks he's going, but it does seem like Kentucky's got this late push here in this recruitment. So I don't know. I think it is just the emotional hedge, if you will, for me. Well, emotionally hedge, baby. Uh, all anticipation is that he's going to be UK unless there's this big change of heart at the last minute, but you're getting the predictions rolling in for the Cats, and they may be getting who 24-7 ranks as the 33rd best player in the class, although the composite has him at number 20 from White Plains, New York. Combo guard, Boogie Flan, could be a Kentucky Wildcat. That decision coming at 2 o'clock today, but you've got Trilly Donovan suggesting UK, as I already said. Oh. Travis Kraft, I think he was one of the first people to say, I think it's going to be Kentucky. You had Rob Cassidy come in. We mentioned him yesterday. So it's starting to stack up that it, it does seem like if it's not UK, it'll be a little bit of a surprise. Um, but not your like typical highest-ranked. Rivals has him as number 10, so he's kind of all over the place with a lot of these rankings. Um, again, 24-7 has him at number 33. Rivals has him at number 10. We've already got some text on the Thornton's text line about him. Some folks not crazy about him. Some folks wow. do like his potential. Scoots, it does seem like the majority of people that I've seen, they just kind of wanted Boogie Flan just to, to win one over Indiana. Like, they're not necessarily crazy about what player they're getting out of him. But you know what? If it's a UK-IU head-to-head battle, you throw in Alabama as well. Kentucky just kind of needed to flex their muscles and show show everybody who's daddy. That makes sense, I guess. I I would have been hopeful that everybody at Kentucky would have wanted it because he's got such a sweet name. Like I, I think ar- I think the name goes a long way. Arguably, I mean, a, yeah. arguably one of the best names I've ever seen for a college basketball player. And it has nothing to do with basketball, but the name Boogie Fland, like what a sweet name. Best boogie, best use of the word boogie. Go. Uh, I'll go first. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Boogie board. Who doesn't have a good time on a boogie board? Oh, that's a good point. I was going to go with uh, boogie shoes. Oh, man, it's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people may say boogie cousins. We all love boogie. He was great. UK Wildcat. um, Solid NBA career. But no, a boogie board. You never see somebody that's like, Everybody's got a smile on their face when they're properly using a boogie board. And people have a smile on their face when they're properly using boogie shoes. That's true. Will Kentucky properly use boogie fland? Find out next college basketball season <laughs> coming to a Lexington, Kentucky near you. No, it, it's uh, – I think somebody on the text line – I'll jump ahead on the text line here. They say, Boogie's film doesn't seem too exciting. He looks Isaiah Briscoe-esque, average athlete, not many dunks. Not a super great shooting percentage. Hope I'm wrong. Maybe other top recruits want to play with him at the very least. Need a sophomore Dillingham more than anything else. I totally agree with that text that I'm a little surprised Kentucky wanted this kid as much as they did because of his shooting numbers. He had a horrible shooting summer, everybody. 
He had a really, really bad shooting summer. I think it was over, under 30%. You don't want to see that. I think he's had other bad, better stretches where he's been like over 35%. That's fine. But ultimately, I think at best, you're getting a shrieky shooter with Boogie Flan. However, if he is an Isaiah Briscoe-like player for UK, if he can play an Isaiah Briscoe-like role, that'll be awesome. Isaiah Briscoe was a really good like role player to have for UK basketball for a couple seasons. And UK probably should have had more success with him in that role than they than they really did. Um, he was a fun player to have. He would do all the tough work. He didn't, you know, he had a little bit of DeAndre Liggins to him where it's like, I don't really need the stats. I don't need the shots. Just make sure I'm on the floor and I'm going to impact the game in a, in a variety of ways. Isaiah Briscoe's little drive to the baseline, spin and step out of bounds, that would get annoying because he'd do it all the freaking time. But his defense, his tenacity, him being somewhat of a leader just by show on the court and sometimes by talking, he was a big trash talker as well. That was important. Uh, those teams should have – he was on two teams that probably should have gone to a Final Four and um, – or at least had a chance to. At least at least would have a chance to. And he never was able to make it. So, I think if, if Boogie ends up being an Isaiah Briscoe, that's fine, except you're just going to need to make sure you've got a De'Aaron Fox and a Malik Monk so Isaiah Briscoe can focus on doing the, the blue-collar stuff, the gritty – the hard nose, defense, steals, rebounds, being physical. If Boogie Flan wants to put in that type of work and that type of effort, then it's a great addition. Now, if you're bringing him in to be the star point guard, if you're bringing Isaiah Briscoe in to be the star point guard, probably wouldn't have really loved how it all would have unfolded. Same with Boogie Flan. So I agree with you, Texter. You get Reed Shepard back. Maybe you get a Dillingham back, which I don't think is going to happen. I think Dillingham will almost certainly be gone. But I think if you got to read Shepard, like you get a read Shepard, you maybe can look at the grad transfer market or just the transfer market. They don't have to be graduate transfers. And you may be able to work something out there. But regardless, sounds like he's going to be a cap today. Two o'clock, second Indiana, second Mike Woodson. Um, regardless of what UK is getting out of this kid, always fun to win a recruiting battle against uh, IU's. Who's your hysteria tonight? Hoosier hysteria is tonight. Yeah, in, in regards to Boogie, though, that's what's really kind of annoying about this whole thing is the fact that Kentucky will use him way differently than Indiana will use him. I mean, you just mentioned he's not – Kentucky wouldn't expect him to come in and be the star, where I think on Indiana's side of things, he would be expected to come in and be the star. So I, I think he'd get a little more light at Indiana in terms of his starting role and being a starting point guard for the team, but – I mean, it, it all depends what you want to get out of your college career, you know? I mean, if, if you're wanting championships and deep tournament runs, Kentucky's probably a spot for you as of now. I mean, that, that may be changing at Indiana. Mike Woodson's got him to two straight tournaments, so who knows? But until that Indiana shows that they can do that consistently, I don't know that I blame kids for going to Kentucky if you're trying to get a championship out of the deal, you know? Yeah, well, you know, John Calipari's been really stacking up those national championships at Kentucky. Um, I do think that there's like – you're, you're probably right. Maybe at IU, he'd have the ball in his hands more. He'd have the, the, the starlight. It could simply come down. He was going to make more nil money at UK. He was going to have what he felt like a better chance at the NBA at UK. It wasn't so much about the one season, if he is going to be a one and done, which is he going to be a one and done? I don't know. I don't think his tape screams one and done to me. But 
if you're making a business decision, I could see why maybe you 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 pass on IU for UK. Uh, but IU's got plenty of no money to, to sling around themselves yeah. as well. You don't you don't win Liam McNeely over Kansas if you don't if you don't have your finances somewhat in order. But we'll see. Nice addition for the Cats if that comes to fruition a little bit later this afternoon. A little basketball recruiting. We don't generally spend a great deal of time on it, but we will today because Scoots is IU. We're UK, and we really want to rub his nose in it. We're going to get the picks of the week later on in the show today. We'll have Roush text our picks to us, so you'll get all three of our sets of picks. Uh, And then we've got a fun show for you. We're definitely going to finish the Thornton's text line today. That's a TJ guarantee. And we don't have a football game to prepare because it's a bye week, but it is a really exciting weekend of college football. And there's a lot more to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call. So don't go anywhere. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Nick Roush is in the nation, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. So... We hope he's having fun. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a moment. But joining us to take his place, at least momentarily, is from the Sack Pack himself, Matt Sack. Wow. Matt Sack, how are you? Oh. Can't oh, hear you, Matt. We've got, we've got Mike <laughs> issues. He knew it instantly. We knew it instantly. Um, if everybody else has their cameras going, I don't want to be the only one not got a, having our cameras going, but sometimes it can make my – quality go down a little bit all right let's try it again take two sack don't blow it what about now can you guys he sounds great matt sack always great to hear from him thanks for uh taking the time and really kind of out of the blue we know you can't stay too terribly long but any matt sack better than no matt sack that's what all the girls at uk said at least sack how are you I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually doing pretty good. It's a it's a Friday. I'm gonna try not to be too salty or too sensitive today. Um, yeah, I was actually just driving and I heard you talking to Scoots about how awful his mic sounded. It actually sounded great on radio. So I just wanted to be a good friend and let y'all know and texted you and then you asked me to come on and here I am. So I'm excited. Get a chance to dunk on Scoots about the Boogie Flan commitment that is pending. But yeah, suck it, Sack. Yeah. Yeah, what are, what are your takes on on his game? What do you think about what he'll bring to UK? It is a little strange to see a player that one website has ranked thirty third overall and another has ranked tenth. That's a pretty pretty big dis- discrepancy there. From for, for uh, sometimes you'll see that from like one rank website has him seventy fifth and the other one ninety sixth, but not usually for like a top thirty five player. Do you see a twenty spot gap like that? Yeah, I actually haven't been following the 24 recruiting class rankings too close just because it hasn't been that good of a class. And that's the thing that I found that was really interesting. Like in 2023, people were saying weaker class, but if you're getting the best of the best, 
you can justify it. 2024, arguably even weaker of a class. So to not get the absolute best of the best, kind of interesting, especially this early. I thought Cal might pursue more 25 reclass options, maybe the international market, look for the next Zvon Miravisic, maybe in guard form. So I was kind of interesting, or I was kind of confused about it, really interested. But again, I'll take a top 10 guy, a top 30 guy. I don't think he's going to be a starter. He's not going to be like a Jamal Murray um, Malik Monk, but if you get a Reed Shepard or Rob Dillingham to come back and you add a top guy like Darren Peterson from 25 to reclass, I'm looking the I'm really liking the backcourt for the following year. Yeah, especially if Boogie Flan's expectation is like I don't have to be the guy. Scoots has been talking a lot about how IU maybe had more to offer in terms of playing time and touches and shots and stuff like that. If he doesn't care about that. And I guess to some degree, him committing to Kentucky showcases that he doesn't care about that to a huge extent, then that makes this commitment even sweeter. If it's somebody that UK can maybe be getting and realistically he's okay with coming off the bench, UK knows that this may be a player coming off the bench, then that makes this commitment even huger just because then you're getting a luxury bench piece, a sixth, seventh, eighth man. And then maybe Boogie Flan is somebody that stays in the program for two years or something like that. And you can start to build a little bit of continuity, which is always a, a tricky thing to do if you're John Calipari in the way that he constructs rosters. So I hope you're right about that. Yeah, the, the 2024 class does seem weak, um, but you did hear that a lot about the 2023 class sack. And I don't know. I don't think the 2023 class at the top, the top was nearly as bad as what the experts were saying, but they watch that stuff a lot more than I do. So they would probably know. Um, but the 2024 class, yeah, not a ton stands, jumps out at you, at least with – there's a couple guys at the top, but Kentucky isn't going after them. Um, so besides that, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. They still are going after a few other guys. Have you seen the Ian Jackson rumors, what everybody's saying there? Yeah, that he might go to St. John's with Rick Pitino. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, that he's going to flip from – UNC, a lot of people thought he may flip from UNC and go to UK. A lot of people thought he may commit to UK right off the jump. He picked UNC. UK was a little confused by the whole thing, but not heartbroken with how early in the process it all happened. But now, much later in the process, there's rumors that he may – I think he's a New York kid too. So he may just stay home, play for Rick Pitino. Um, Rick Pitino, he's already turned that into like St. John's into a program that people have to pay attention to just because of the players he's getting. I think after a season there, he's going to turn that bad boy into a monster. I yeah, think I, I think that's rolling. another reason why I really like the Boogie Flan commitment is just because you you just want to add guys to your roster. College basketball is so crazy. You don't know what's going to happen. You might think you have Reed Shepard in the bag, but maybe he winds up being great and he goes pro and Dillingham transfers and the 25 reclass options don't really work out. You don't really want to bank on anyone being there. So if you see a top 10 guy, a top 30 guy like Boogie Flan that could come in just in today's college of basketball, you don't pass that up, especially when you could take it from a rival um, like Indiana. But, yeah, St. John's, I think it's really exciting. Um, it's <laughs> – I, I, I know you all talked about it before, but I think it's funny that John Fanna had them in the top 25 for having all this, like, talent and new pieces and a Hall of Fame coach, yeah. but Calipari is it. But for the same reason I like Kentucky, I like St. John's. They reconstructed the entire roster at St. John's, and they have a Hall of Fame head coach. Can you think of anywhere else that those things may have happened, Zach? Anywhere else at all? Kentucky. No, not, at, not at all, but Kentucky. Uh, if you look down the road at Kentucky, maybe they would count, but they certainly do not have any point guards other than 
uh, DJ yeah. Wagner, Reed Three Shepard, and Rob Dillingham. Other than that, I don't know who's going to run their point guard. Yeah, I didn't get to – I haven't gotten to hear John Fanta on the Beers and Buckets podcast. Have you listened to it yet, Zach? I did. I'm a big fan of that podcast. I, I, I think I his reasoning was more just I've just gotten busy. That. Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, I think the big thing was that he doesn't trust the freshmen, where St. John's kind of went more towards, like, the transfer route. Um, but, like, still, like, Kentucky has Reeves and Mitchell and Adu coming back, so it's not like they're all freshmen, but I don't know. What do you say? What what would he say to that? I mean, that's that's totally true. Kentucky is not all freshmen. I mean, we're expecting big things out of a Duthie Arrow, a guy who's been in the program now several seasons. Trey Mitchell, a guy who's been in a lot of programs for a lot of seasons, and then Antonio Reeves, who was one of the better scorers in the SEC last year. It's not all freshmen, but I guess he's just more concerned about it being freshmen in the backcourt. My my biggest thing, and I don't know if he like explicitly admitted this, I don't think he really trusts Cal. And after the past three years, I don't really care if national media does or not. That's why I'm not mad about the number 16 AP ranking. Like it, It's lower than I would put us, but you know what? If people want to sleep on us, if people don't think that we're that good of a team, I'm good for once in the Calipari era. People expecting nothing of us and then us having to go out and prove it, and then when we are inevitably going to because this roster is stacked, we're going to actually surprise people for a change, and that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, there's never been a bigger divide between like national media expectations for UK and UK <clears throat> fan expectations because I do get the sense fans are really excited about this team, and I'm with you, I think, for good reason. It's got the NBA talent that we're used to on Calipari's best teams. It is younger when college basketball is getting a little older, but not completely young, as we just mentioned. They do have young pieces, and I would respect like Fanta – and I, and I do I, – I like I like Fanta. I, I worry about, like, another year of 68, a field of 68, that he may just totally flip and convert to, like, total DB, you know. But I'm not talking Rob Doster. But, um, by the way, <laughs> did you see that he was, like, a special guest on his own podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> field of 68 podcast, special guest this week, Rob Doster, the guy who owns the company and is on the podcast pretty much every other week. Um, but I do worry, like, where he's going to go with another year of Field of 68. But if they just came out, if Fanta was like, listen, UK has as much talent as anybody in the country. If this talent reaches its potential, this team's going to be dangerous. But I just don't believe Calipari has it in him anymore. We've now seen, you know, three straight seasons where either the postseason was a disappointment or the regular season was a disappointment or both were a disappointment. I just don't trust him. I think he's lost it. And that's why I've got UK back as far as they are. I just don't think he's going to get the most out of these guys. If he said that, we can disagree and we can be like, I don't think that's going to happen. But at least you can be like, oh, okay. He just, you know, he thinks Cal's going to ruin this team. It's a hot take, but that's, you know, like saying that they don't have point guards is just nonsensical. Like we can combat that and be like, well, they've got three of them that should all be pretty good. One that may, you know, be a top five, top 10 pick one that may be a lottery pick or a first rounder. They've got talent there. So that doesn't make sense to me when they just say that I don't trust the backcourt. Um, but if they just said, hey, I don't trust John Calipari or the last few years have gone sour on him, then I would say, you know, maybe I disagree, but I can at least see where they're coming from. No, I, I can't even argue. Like, if your argument is that Calipari, I'm not sure if he can coach anymore, I, there's no evidence that I have in the past three years that it's like, oh, yeah, Cal can just wave his magic wand and all of these guys are going to start playing well together in March and we're going to go on a huge run. I really don't have an argument against that other than I just feel like this year it's going to click for him because when is the last time 
Calipari has had multiple professional players in his backcourt, and this team wasn't successful. And then you add in an experienced guy like Antonio Reeves, who might be the most talented senior that Cal has ever had. Like, I think of, like, Nate Sestina, the Davion Mintzes, Dominique Hawkins, Derek Wilses. Who's a guy that's been in their fourth, fifth year of college basketball that can have the impact of an Antonio Reeves? So I'm really excited, but I, I'm completely with you. I think they don't want to say it, but they just don't believe in Cal, and that, that's fine. If that is the reason, I agree with you. I think that's that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion. There's a lot of UK fans that don't believe in Cal anymore. Uh, but we'll see. And, and I think this year is going to be kind of the the hurdle for a lot of people. Like, if Cal and UK stink with this group, why would you believe that he's ever going to be able to get a group that you're going to feel necessarily good about? Like, is he going to get a group that has more NBA talent? Well, we thought this one had all the NBA talent. Is he going to get a group that's going to have more veterans well we've seen a lot of veterans over the last five years and it hasn't always worked out and been great so this is kind of i don't want to say a make or break year for cal because he's still hitting the ground hard and recruiting and some other years i feel i think i was a proponent of i thought this would be his last season i don't really feel that way anymore just with the the contract talks and then with the way that he's been recruiting some of these other classes and it kind of seems like he's in a good position with a lot of kids and some other classes maybe he won't leave I do think if, like, he wins a title, he may just say, like, this is a good spot to tap out. Um, I'll see you all later. Or he may win a title and say, look how much I still got left in the tank. I can go get another one if need be. So I don't think he's going to leave after this year, and I previously had said that I thought he was going to. But this does kind of feel like if he still has it in him, if he's still somebody that can cut down the nets, he's going to show us something this year. It doesn't mean he has to win a championship this year because March is random and crazy things can happen in the tournament. You can have um, a goofy official maybe cost you a, a game potentially in the Elite Eight. You see that from time to time. But I do think it's going to kind of give us the, the benchmark of he still has it in him, and this could be a, an additional fun two, three years, however much longer he wants to go. Or if this season is a bust, then it's probably – then what more does anybody need to see? Like the writing's on the wall. At that point, it's just going to be, do you make the financial investment or not to move on? But I don't think it's going to happen, Zach. I think it's going to be a good group. It's a great schedule. Um, I think it's kind of beneficial to either a lot of the tougher games are at neutral sites or at home, which with when you're trying to bring in some young players, that's good. Hostile environments can be tough from time to time. Uh, what's UK's toughest out-of-conference true road game? I mean, Louisville, but that's going to be a home game. That's not going to be an issue at all. thought you said tough. Yeah, right, Jay. that's Miami's not tough. Miami's at home, Gonzaga's at home. Yeah, that, that ain't tough at all, Scoots. That's, a, that's, going to be an, that's going to be an interesting day. UofL's not going to take kindly to that entire place being blue. But on the flip side, they're not going to want to go watch UK win by 20 points in their home arena either. 20's the bare minimum. That? 20's the bare minimum. I think UK only beat them by like 22 last year. Seriously? It's a rivalry game. Yeah, it's a rivalry game. Hmm. It'll, you know, and I don't know if Cal's going to try to like totally humiliate his boy KP. I don't think DJ is going to try to run it up on, on Grandpa Pop. Yeah, but we beat them by 20 when we were like in the lowest part of our season. Like that was like right after, maybe just before the Mizzou loss, where we lost like 30 on the road. We had some very bad losses around that time, and that was kind of almost like just like a get right game. Even though we won by 20, it kind of looked like the blue-white or red-white game, whatever Kenny Payne called it, 
a couple days ago for Louisville where they, yeah, they won by a significant amount of points. But, wow, we did not look good in the process. It was kind of just us almost using it as a scrimmage to figure some things out. I think, like, Ugo was playing the three in, like, the last ten minutes or something like that. Cal was clearly not trying to run up the score on Kenny. So something like that might happen again. But this team, if they really wanted to, should beat Louisville, Louisville by 50. Did you watch the U of L exhibition game at all, Zach? So I missed the first half, and it looked like it was so much fun on Twitter that I put it on for the second half, and I watched five minutes of it. And it was so hard to watch those guards run an offense. And I, I kind of almost felt bad for Kenny, but then I like think back to the times where I had to look at tweets from Louisville fans where they're saying, I don't know who DJ Wagner is supposed to guard. And then I looked their offense. And I'm just like, I'm not sure who I couldn't guard in that offense. I feel like us three could have caused about 10 to 15 turnovers against Louisville's backcourt. It was just brutal. The turnovers were really concerning. Um, but I, I do think they, they they figured it out. But that's, it's, it's tough. That Simmons seems is so bad that you really you can't take anything away, but you can't help but kind of take away some of the negatives just knowing how bad of a team they actually are. Yeah, U of L fans in a little bit, at least on the basketball side of things, in a in a bit of a civil war. Some it seems like the two splits are you gotta be a good fan. Like, yeah, they may stink, but it's the start of the season. Put on your red, throw your L's up, trim the line beards, and get to the Yum Center and support our guys. And then you've got another group of fans that are like I like U of L. I'm being a good fan by telling you all this is unacceptable. This team's going to stink. The season's going to stink. The standards have been lowered. The expectations have been lowered. All, like even if this group is better than four wins, which they will be, it's not going to do anything. Like in, at U of L, we have expectations of doing stuff. Usually in the dorm rooms with strippers, but we have expectations. Darn it. I'm kidding. Low-hanging fruit. You know, it doesn't get old from time to time. We just got to take our swipes at it every now and then. But in all seriousness, like, that that's the split between UL fans. The ones of, hey, being a good fan is supporting our guys. They haven't lost a game. They're 0-0. We need to, we need to treat it like it's a brand-new UL basketball season and be a good fan. Then you got the other side saying a good fan is calling out whatever BS this is. This isn't UL basketball, and it needs to change immediately. I would think I'd be on the – on the latter side of things there. But you could have some people saying you've got a similar situation at UK, just not as severe Wheeler. Yeah, it, it's interesting because as a Louisville fan, you have to think best case scenario this year is through the regular season. You have a winning record. Like somehow you get to 16 and 15, which is very far out of the NCAA tournament. So when you're thinking best case scenario, you're still probably five or six away, five, six wins away from making the tournament, it's hard to get invested in that. I feel like if I were a Louisville fan, if Kentucky were in the same situation, I just love Kentucky basketball so much, I'd probably just buy into it and sunshine pump the whole year, and people would be even more mad at me on Twitter. But I don't blame Louisville fans for being disgusted at four losses at all. I mean, Scoots, what was it like for Indiana for like that two decades that y'all were irrelevant? Uh, it was brutal. I mean, it still is. If, if I'm being honest, Zach, it still is pretty brutal. No, but nobody believes in Indiana anymore, which makes it really hard. Tell us, tell us more about it, Scoots. I mean, I was in the stands for every single one of those game home games at the six and twenty-five season. I'll never forget that. And then, 
Uh, what did I do? I bought season tickets again, and I was in the stands for a 10-21 and 21 season. So I know how hard it can be as a fan of a school that is just not winning games. And Louisville, while they didn't have the cupboard completely empty when Kenny took over, their situation is very comparable to Indiana. Like, if they win – 12 games this year, It's it's got to be a positive thing for Louisville because you've got to just keep getting that upward projection, you know? So, yeah, it's it's tough when your team's like that, but just hang in there. It'll be worth it. I mean, you, you'll eventually get a Mike Woodson to come around and start getting some good recruits and making tournaments, and it'll be a lot of fun for you, Louisville fans. If you don't love me at my Archie Miller, you don't get me at my Mike Woodson. That's right. That's what they say around Bloomington. Uh, the situations, the only thing that I think is super comparable between the beginning of the Tom Crean era at IU and the Kenny Payne era at UofL is you just have two lame duck head coaches. And no disrespect to either one of them, although that is a pretty disrespectful thing to say. I think they're both probably stand-up fellas, but they stink as coaches. Like, why has – Kenny Payne has been quick to talk about the mess he's taken over and the NCAA cloud over their head. But U of L fans are, and rightfully so, are quick to point out Kansas has won a national championship with all this stuff going on. They went to a Final Four. Of course, that Final Four has since been taken away now and a bunch of wins with it. But like Kansas has been successful during that entire stretch. You've had other programs. Arizona has had great runs. Uh, I mean, not they haven't reached the Final Four like they've wanted, but they've been fine under the scrutiny of the NCAA. Uh, LSU, I mean, at least when Will Wade was still there, was rocking and rolling. And then they've hit the reset button, but you, you would hope that you wouldn't think Louisville basketball is on the same level of an LSU basketball. Um, other places have been able to have success, not U of L. And another big difference between the beginning of the Tom Crean era and Kenny Payne is the transfer portal. Like, Kenny has just stunk at that, and that's been a huge shocker to me. Trey White was a good get out of the transfer portal from USC, and I wonder how they got him or what the connection was there. But besides that, he hasn't really done diddly squat in the transfer portal. Recruiting, he's done solid, but not really getting like the the surefire NBA guys. Those guys are still going to Kentucky. So um, I don't think it's an overly a comparable situation besides the fact that they both just weren't that good of coaches. If the transfer portal was around when Tom Crean first got to Indiana, they would have won more than six games. There's no doubt about I agree. it. I agree with that. No, I, I totally agree with that. But it is around for Kenny Payne, and he's still not doing anything. Um, yeah, I just don't think he looks all that interested. Uh, Sack, we got to run here in about a minute and a half. What what else is up? What's the Sack Pack up to? Did you all really record in Rupp Arena or going to record in Rupp Arena? Is that a true thing? I don't know about inside Rupp Arena, but definitely at Rupp Arena. We're we're circling that Miami game on the calendar. We all got our tickets. We're trying to make this like this an insane environment. It's going to be the first really big home game of the year. We have a new team. We got a new swaggy Cal. We're just trying to make sure that this team feels like all the energy. Like, because there's been a lot of just so much negativity in BBN. We just kind of want to get like fully behind our team and show them that we're there behind them. So we're going to, we don't know exactly what it's going to be yet, but we're going to definitely plan something and try to get the energy up for that game for BBN. I don't think you have to worry about the energy getting up for that one. I think folks are going to be super, super, super pumped up, but I think it's a good idea for the podcast to take advantage of that energy. Um, oh, yeah. And if you all are anywhere around there, let, let me know. I'd, I'd love to, to swing by. I love the the sack pack and the rub to no good gang. Tell people where they can follow you before we have to hit this daily double break. 
Oh, yeah. Follow me at Matt Sack, R2NG, on Twitter, and follow the podcast at Rup to No Good. And Mr. it doesn't matter if the energy was already going to be high or not. We're going to take all the credit for it. I don't care. Good, as you all should. Uh, the Rup to No Good podcast, it's, a, it's, a, it's good. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. If you're a U.K. fan, this is a group of Kentucky fans that you're going to find yourself fitting in with. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Matt, thank you for your time. We are going to take our daily double break. Enjoy your weekend, buddy. Appreciate it, y'all, too. Oh, MVP of the blue-white game, real quick. Oh, Antonio Reeves, for sure. Antonio Reeves, there you have it. We'll be back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call, coming up next on Big Edge Sports Radio. See y'all. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. And welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen on your Friday of KRC. Again, thanks to Matt Sack for hopping on. And joining us for segment number two and hour number one. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Sack, good at the radio and the podcasting thing. He's mm-hmm. somebody that you could talk with for, for many, many hours. He, he did text and say one other thing that he forgot between Kenny Payne and Tom Crean. One more difference. Has Kenny Payne ever open mouth kiss Zan Payne that's, in public? That's a good question. It's a good question. And I don't think KP rolls that way. I, I don't think Zan, I don't think I don't think Zan would be cool with that either. Uh, that you know they've got a great father son relationship, commendable, but I don't think they're doing the open mouth kisses like Tom Crean and, and his son. Uh, was Tom Crean's family like a big part of IU basketball when he was there? Like were they, you know, kind of public celebrities among the IU fans? Not really. I mean, they were always kind of in the limelight, but I would I would hardly classify them as local celebrities. I mean, they were they were always at the games. They were they were very visible within Bloomington. You would always see his his kids. And now I think I want to say one of them one of them went to Indiana. I don't know if they still are, but they did go to Indiana. And yeah, no, I mean, I saw Tom Crean out in public a lot, but I didn't really ever see his family with him. That was that was a pretty rare occurrence. And can't hear what you're saying. Got to unmute. <laughs> Maybe Tom Crean, that's how he just greets everybody with big sloppy kisses. Maybe so. Maybe so. Although I did run into him at McDonald's one time, and he didn't give me a open mouth kiss. So I was grateful for that. <laughs> mm. He actually, he was actually in the drive-thru of the McDonald's. He was at the uh, at the main window waiting for his food, and me and some of my buddies were going inside, and he had actually gotten his food and was getting ready to pull off and he saw us walking across and he let us go how about that well that's really nice he was always a nice guy did you just have to settle for a burger and a grape snow cone <laughs> not with tom cream <laughs> did you know that 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 was that what, what that was no i had I, no I heard idea. you all talk about no. it on the rutherford show yesterday no i was i was completely yeah i'd ignorant about that whole situation i had no idea but Mike, I, Mike made the honestly, mistake, and he only looked up grape snow cone instead of grape snow cone and burger, which completely different meanings. Oh, for sure, big time different <laughs> meanings. I think somebody texted that into our radio show. Many oh, really? Years ago. 
Yeah, I think that's the only reason I knew about it, because I think prior, <laughs> I, I did not know about it. But I thought Mike was kidding at first when he was like, yeah, such a such a weird lyric, yeah, you know? The, the, she wasn't ready, so, it, like, you know, what a, that's what you settled for? <laughs> I was like, oh, Mikey, you're going to get blown up about this on the text. I mean, look at, looking back, pretty good settlement, huh? Not not quite like he blew up the bathrooms at the new studio. <laughs> that was a big topic of conversation yesterday. God, I felt so bad for that. Mike's metabolism. <laughs> the Mike metabolism segment, a favorite on Big X Sports Radio. Get your text into, a Thornton's, into the Thornton's text line and get your weekend started off right with Thornton's. They've got the best beer prices in town to get your weekend going they've got uh but if you're not thinking beer until after work then good good for you you're a good employee uh in the meantime they've got energy drinks if you're dragging if you stayed up late watching that nfl game uh, but they've also got fresh fruit they've got 32 ounce 89 cents drinks um i don't think he was kidding when he says this but john spears at thornton says he'll just skip the line and throw a dollar and walk out with his 89 cents, 32 ounce soda. I don't know how I feel about that. Like John Spears too good to wait in the line. Well, I mean, if, if you're on a time crunch, I understand it. And for what it's worth, I totally believe that he does that. I totally believe it too. But on the flip side of it, like. Makes you kind of seem like an a-hole. Well, Sure. But should you have to wait in a line for just such a little, you know, like I don't, I don't need change. I'm just getting a drink. I here's a dollar. I mean, on the one side, I can kind of see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm conflicted on the whole thing. Well, you know, some of the Thorntons around Louisville have the self checkout, so that's what John should really go do is the self checkout. But the one next well, door does not have self checkout. Does not so. have the self checkout. Does have the really tall guy though. It does. Yeah, we love Thornton's. You will as well. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, there's more that I've have written down to get to, but we'll we got to get to some text before we do that. 502-414-1450. A texter says, um, "What was your all's favorite fruit snack growing up? Fruit roll up, gushers, snack stackers. Let's get straight to business with the serious topic." Says the texter that I can only imagine is a Plumley bro. This was sent in, I believe this was sent in for Rutherford earlier this week. So we actually discussed this on his show. So for me, the answer is no problem. Easy peasy gushers. I mean, gushers were like liquid gold when you when you had them. I mean, everybody at school wanted your gushers. And for me, I, I never really had gushers growing up. So when we did get a box of gushers, it was like a huge deal. So for me, that question's so easy. I would probably go Gushers. I just like a good old-fashioned, like, fruit snack, though. Like, just fruit gummy. Like the Welch's doesn't have ones? To be... yeah. yeah. Like, we give that more and more to Lucy nowadays, and I find myself eating those more often. I think those are, are good. Gushers were just a wild ride. It was just yeah. like, for kids, it was quite the entertainment. Um, you know, I don't want to, like, compare it to, like, a drug or something like that. But, like, it was just... Sometimes you'd get some that were kind of like lame squishers. You'd just like, you know, kind of like leak out and you'd be like, and get all over your tongue and whatnot. And then sometimes you'd bite into one of those puppies and it would shoot every which way to Saturday, all all up in your mouth. Oh, see, you weren't doing it right then. The way to eat a gusher was you got to bite like the little tip off and then you squeeze the gusher, take the liquid out, then you eat the gummy. No, I, I didn't like that. That always made me feel like I was cheating the gusher. I felt like I was juicing. I was just going for the juice. 
I knew some people that do that and then they just throw the gusher on the ground. I was oh, like, sick. that's You're unacceptable. An animal. You're an animal. Eat the eat the fruit snack. Eat all the unhealthy sugar. Um, all right, uh, that, that's probably my answer to that. I'll probably just go like a classic fruit snack. Unfortunately, uh, fruit roll up was great. Fruit by the foot was a good time as well. I enjoyed those. Couldn't go couldn't go wrong with with those either. Those were awkward. Says, those were awkward to eat, though, you know? Like, you always had the debate of, well, do I just take bites of this or do I just crumple it up in a ball and throw it all in my mouth? So I was always – I never really knew how to eat a fruit roll-up. What about fruit by the foot? Isn't it the same thing? I don't think so. Oh, fruit by the foot was on, like, the small roll, right? That was like, you know, you got – it was like fruit, but it was by the foot, you know? <laughs> you don't say. I gotta look it up. I don't know if I remember fruit by the foot. Um, I'm, they were different products. I'm oh sure. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, they're very different products. Roll ups roll sideways. Fruit by the roll, foot rolls okay. up and down. Boy, this is bottom of the barrel radio here. <laughs> the roll ups, yeah, it was kind of almost like like wallpaper or something. You know, like it almost like you could you really did just unroll it and it was like a little almost Square. like a postage card yeah. or something that you'd eat. And then the fruit roll-ups was much thinner, but it was really stacked up. Yeah, you didn't want to just put all of either one in your mouth because then it just turned into, like, this big block of candy that was super hard to be able to chew and do anything with. But I enjoyed – the fruit roll-ups were too sticky for my liking. So that's why I was a fruit-by-the-foot guy. You just roll out what you wanted. You'd pull off what you wanted. You'd put in your mouth, and then you had another, you know, nine inches to go if you wanted. Love it. You take down the nine inches anytime you wanted, really. <laughs> Good morning, guys. I wish the poll to the panel. I wish to pull the panel, please. Is the toe a deal breaker? I say it's immediate DQ. If you haven't guessed, I'm referring to D on Survivor. I'm older now, but a beach guy can't take that toe anywhere. Have a great day, guys. Oh, man. oh boy, what a text! Awesome text in the Kentucky roll call. So this is referring to somebody on this season of Survivor, D, as he mentioned. And she is a cute girl. I, I mean, like, objectively, she's, she's cute. She's gorgeous. But she has, like, a toe of, like, a, you know, like a primate. And she uses it to, like, do things with it. It is just this huge, big toe. It's just one toe that, like, you know, she's kind of got big toes just for a girl as is. But, like, her big toe is colossal. Like, it's the size of a human hand, basically. I mean, so just imagine this, like, cute foot, but, like, bigger than, you know, most girl feet. And then, you know, everything's kind of normal about it, except just a little bit bigger. And then instead of her big toe, it's just, like, a six-foot dude's hand there. And then instead of, like, additional appendages, it's just one thing. I mean, her big toe is literally, like, an inch, inch and a half longer than her second toe, which... Easy. And me and you actually discussed this after the show yesterday. For me, it's not a deal breaker, although I am picky with my women. So for that to not be a deal breaker for me is kind of weird. My only thing is just don't grab me with it. Like she, you saw her grab that one guy's arm with it in in one of the early episodes. Don't do that to me and I'm good. She was joking around and like pinching people with it and stuff like that. And they were saying it actually hurt. It would not be a deal breaker to me. I, I really wouldn't care about a big toe. Most of the time, majority of the time, you wouldn't be able to see it. 
I don't think it'd get in the way necessarily during times of intimacy or anything like that. I'm bring on the big toe, which by the way, you can watch my cousin's animated or claymation. I always get the exact wording wrong, uh, but he did a animated claymation film on toe and <laughs> it's really spooky. Oh, I've watched that. Yeah. It's spooky, and it's good, and it's only like eight minutes, and it won a ton of awards, and they went to all these film festivals, and uh, they're really, really talented, and they just do this stuff. They just made this movie out of their apartment in Chicago, uh, but it's called Toe Film, and for some reason, I can't pull it up on YouTube, so I can give you a better give you a better description of what to punch in. Yeah, that was oh, a yeah, year or two punch, ago, right? Yeah, it came out like three years ago yeah, now, okay. but it's Punch In Toe Film on YouTube, and there you have it. Got over a quarter of a million views. Wow! Won a bunch of awards. Perfect for your for your Halloween horror uh, horror collection. I might go back and minutes. I might go back and watch it again. Get see what Gil thinks of it. I think he may have watched it with me. I think I may have played it on the big TV. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Good. I hope so. <laughs> well, needless to say, a big toe, not a deal breaker for for me. John here. Good morning. By gosh, is it Thursday or what? Ooh, John, it's Friday, buddy. It's Friday. Is it just? It just seems like the week is dragging. I have a question in the blue-white game. Will Joey Hart have over under seven points? We got to go. I'll cat you later. Damn you, John. Damn you. He will have over seven points in the blue-white game. You can take that to the bank, lock it up, put it in, seal it. See you later. Joey Hart's John's player. Hmm. He's big Joey Hart guy. Did you uh, – Joey Hart, another huger, according to Scooch. <laughs> Joey Hart and Boogie Flay are going to be teammates together, all Scooch's team. Um, watch one of them in their careers transfer to IU. That would be kind of funny. Scooch, did this week go by fast or slow for you? I know the answer. Um, I don't know how you know the answer because I don't know if I know the answer. There's, it went by fast. There's been it a lot – the majority of the week did go by fast, but there has definitely been some parts this week that have drug on. And today's going to be another one of those. I have to. I broke one of my cardinal rules today, TJ. I do not, when I leave the radio station on Fridays, I do not work at the hotel. Well, guess who's going to work at the hotel today? Gil. After Spears. Gil. Unbelievable. I wish he would. He's, wish he's he would. For so you're going to the hotel today? Yeah, I've got to work. From one thirty to four thirty, and then I've got to bust it to Silver Creek and call my game tonight. So, oh my heavens! Yeah, I'm not happy. Not happy. Goodness at all. gracious! Well, who's doing the Rutherford show today? Uh, Gary Clark. Oh, the so, Gambit there. G- Gary doesn't really talk a lot. I think Mike's going to have Matt McGavick in. He should get B Sims back in. <laughs> got to figure uh, out text- the mic first. <laughs> you know what we should figure out is. How Shady Rays makes money with all their great deals and affordable polarized sunglass prices. No kidding. That's what I want to know an answer to. No kidding. Uh, my dad yesterday, he, he like, I, I think he does. He just hangs out on the Shady Rays website because I, I caught him on the website again yesterday. Uh, he was, like, shocked to learn that they've got the prescriptions. So now he's just, like, checking out every single pair of prescriptions they have. He was telling me, he was like, I may even, he was like, I love the selection they've got online, but I may go to their store at Oxmoor and just see if they've got additional ones because they may. And I was like, yeah, Dad, they may. They, they could. Um, go for it. To follow your heart. Because you got a lot of options at Shady Rays. you got two physical locations, uh, the shops at the Bluegrass, the, the 
the bluegrass shops at the paddock oh and also at Oxford Mall. You butcher it worse places. every day. And use the promo code Big X for 40% off. That promo code does work at the physical locations, and it also works at the malls as well, at the at the physical locations and online. So just do it everywhere. Promo code Big X. Get yourself some sunglasses or polarized Gla- or polarized glasses, prescription glasses, blue light glasses, snow goggles, you name it. Shady Rays has it. And you'll save money 40% off. Did you see that our chat's going to end in 15 minutes? Scoot? Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of confused by that. I mean, I do, when you all are in studio, we do it without a time limit. And I've done three hours with Rutherford on his show at the only one meet. Like, I, I don't understand. Why is this one going to end? Doesn't make sense. All good, all good things have to come to an end. Doesn't make sense. We, we can just start a new one at the next commercial. We will. Yep. We've, got, we've got enough time there, but just wanted to make sure you saw it. A texture, 502-414-1450. Scoots, I'm married to a Colombian. Let's just say it's spicy, and I don't know if you're ready for that heat. Whoa. See, that's, Scoots, you're not ready for it. No, that's exactly what I need in my life. I need some spice. I need some heat. Even though I'm not a spicy guy, I don't. I'm not a fan of spicy food. I like spicy women. I'm ready for that. Come on. You want you want a woman with a personality, don't you? I do, yes. I, I want a woman that knows who she is, that's not afraid to speak up when she feels like something is wrong. Yeah, so Colombians seem right up my alley. And you, it, it, it helps if they're good dancers. Well, doesn't matter. That don't matter so much. I'm a bad dancer, so if they're a bad dancer, it's cool. We'll just look like idiots together. But dancing's cool. Says no one listening gives a damn about U of L's team lineup. I mean, somebody probably did, Dexter. Somebody probably cared. Somebody. A Dexter says, "Give Barry on a couple jet sweeps and get him rolling." I feel like they'll do. Tra- they'll get ways to try to get him creative, and he'll get positive yards. He'll get like six or seven yards. I don't know. I, I think somewhere in Barry, and I'm just talking out my butt here as I normally do, but I think somewhere in Barry on brain is like. If I'm not busting off a 25 yarder, then I'm I'm not I'm not useful. Like I'm not doing good things. Like those six, seven, five yard runs, those are huge. He needs to get more in the mindset that like little chunks make big differences. Uh, that's what turned Lynn Bowden into one of the most dangerous players in college football. We we remember some of his big runs and we remember some of his big plays, but so much of it was just like, and it's second and three now. Because Lynn Bowden ran for seven yards on first down. It's second and four. UK that season did such an amazing job staying ahead of the chains that it was like, all right, third and you'd get to third and two or third and one. And to, to Stoops credit, sometimes I'm tough on him for being a little too conservative. He'll go for it on fourth down if he feels like it's necessary or obtainable. Uh, he doesn't always just immediately snap his fingers and send the punt crew out there if, if it's fourth down. Um, but you got to stay ahead of the chains. And I think Barion just needs to understand that, like, hey, those five-yard runs or those five-yard jet sweeps or those little quick passes, just getting, you know, four to five to six to seven yards, that is good. You don't have to dance yourself into negative yardage, which he doesn't always do. But sometimes I think he mentally checks out just hoping for the big, big play instead of realizing that he can be so beneficial just getting five, six yards. And then it only takes one missed tackle – and maybe the answer is just getting Barry on Brown more involved, like forcing him. And maybe that's exactly what the texture is alluding to, doing some of those jet sweeps, easy plays. But he's got to get in his head that, like, hey, those five yarders, those six yarders, those are okay. That's part of the game of football. 
we can live with those. And if you get enough of them, one, we're doing fine. And two, at some point you are, you will break one. And we got to get Barry on involved again. The big play has almost solely come out of Ray Davis, which had anybody in the preseason expect like, Hey, this offense is going to have issues with big plays. One player will be able to do some big plays. Who would have guessed Ray Davis would have been that player? Not me. I think you would have guessed all. For, I think you would have guessed all three receivers before Ray Davis, right? You would have definitely have yeah. guessed. And I guess Tavion Robinson at times and Barry on Brown. He's had a big player too this season. Just hasn't been nearly consistent enough as we would have liked. But there's no doubt the biggest playmaker for UK this year has been Ray Davis. I think we all thought Ray Davis was going to be good. I think we thought he was going to be consistent. Thought he'd be reliable. I think we had questions about him being able to get some tough yards here or there, but he has far and away been maybe the only bright spot on this offense. I mean, again, Tavion has been better, but that's starting to fade away a little bit, unfortunately. A texter says, will you all be in Atlanta for the CBS Sports Classic? We'll be heading up there. would be great to meet you all, South Georgia Wildcat. I'd love to, South Georgia Wildcat. I've got a few, what's the saying? i got a few coals in the fire. Um, I, I may. I may. I was kind of between that and Chicago, and then I had kind of settled on the Atlanta game being the better of the two. So I'd like to. I want to. Just haven't planned it yet. And usually South Georgia Wildcat, the longer these things go without me planning them, the less likely they actually happen. Uh, Scoots will not be there, though. No. As much as I'd I like worry, to be. I do worry about the Cats rebounding against Armando Bacat. That... Uh, that doesn't sound – I mean, we've got a long ways to go. We don't even know if UK is going to have Bradshaw or what their front court's exactly going to look like at that point. Uh, he's going to be a challenge. Wait, Baycott came back again? He's back, baby. Oh, my God. He's back again for his 17th season. It seems like he's been playing college basketball for a long time, huh? Perry Ellis is selling him get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, he's been playing college basketball a very long time. Uh, and he's played against UK a lot for somebody that's not in the SEC. Roush, I understand you are trying to get brownie points with your wife, but there's absolutely no chance you enjoy washing dishes. No chance in France, pal. Not today, not tomorrow. Washing dishes is so annoying. What is wrong with you? I think, well, I can't answer for Roush. Roush is just a weirdo. Uh, we've all yeah. like we've all come to grips with it. He's just a weirdo. That's okay. Being weird's a good thing. That was going to be um, my answer. That Roush is a weirdo. I guarantee he likes washing dishes. He is a weirdo. Nothing wrong with that. That being said, does he enjoy washing dishes? To say you enjoy washing dishes is to say that if we win the lottery, we're all super rich, Roush will like go out of his way if you, I guess the way to put this, if you had a way to end washing dishes, would you end it? Like if you had the the technology or the financial resources to never have to wash a dish again, would you push that button? And the obvious answer for Roush is yes. He wouldn't say like, no, I need to get my humble beginnings and keep washing <laughs> dishes. No way. He'd be like, yeah, I guess. I think the way Roush actually phrases it, texter, or he doesn't phrase it. He phrases it the way that he phrases it. I think the way that it's interpreted personally is that he out of under the under the category of chores that's his favorite chore but at the end of the day it's still a chore uh trash chore has to be the best because it's the easiest it gets over the quickest all you got to do is take it out put a new bag in you're done 
That's the best chore. Chores are chores, folks. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not fun, but you do them. They're necessities. And the best thing to do is just to do it and get it over with, and then it's over with. Which my wife's a big fan of, like, doing half of it and then doing the other half later. <laughs> We're taking, like, take, I'll, take the tra- I'll take the trash out, but one, I'm not going to take it to the trash can. You're nuts. I'll put it in the garage, and your, your ass is going to take it to the trash can. And then two, we'll put the trash bag back in the old trash can TBD. Man, Hannah's, Another got, time. Hannah's gotten all kinds of bullets this week. That's not true. Uh, just <laughs> we're an open radio show. We're an honest radio show. That, that's the way a lot of people do it. That it's like you know, I'll I did one thing. I'll do the other thing the next time I come around to it. Um, that's all right. It's we we make it work. Let's take our last break. We got to figure out this video chat, and then we will finish the Thornton's text line. We've had more coming in today. I've got to send those over. This is, some of them are making me laugh reading them right now. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Friday edition of KRC. One final segment coming up next. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. I'm going to take my horse to Welcome the back. old One town road. Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call this week. No TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, Nick Roush in Washington, oh, D.C. We go 7 to 11 Monday through Friday. And you can get Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get podcasts. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. They're building that new Thornton's at uh, at the Brownsboro in the in the Waterson. We mentioned it a while back. We mentioned that it closed down. It was actually kind of funny. Roush just one random day was like, "Man, that Thornton's on Brownsboro Road by the Waterson is the smallest Thornton's I've ever been in." And I think it was like literally the next day or the day after that it closed down because they were renovating it or bulldozing it and building a brand new one, I guess is a better way to put it. And that was supposed to be ready in March, but supposedly it's already a month behind. So maybe April or May, but there's still going to be a Thornton's there at the Brownsboro and the Waterson. It's going to be much bigger. And that's awesome. They did bulldoze also the DQ there, Scoots. That makes me a little sad. That D- I was... My first neighborhood I lived in was in Northfield there, over there on Brownsboro. So that DQ, we would hit up that bad boy a lot. So I was sad to see it absolutely demolished. But uh, big things coming in that in that little section. They're doing a whole tons of construction, the VA hospital. But rest assured, there will be a new Thornton's there. And rest assured, if you're looking for the best Mexican in Louisville, you can hit up a Salsaritas, two locations in town, Middletown and St. Matthews. You can use the promo code fall 2023 to save money on catering which is always uh, who wouldn't want to save an additional 20 bucks on their catering options and you can do all their catering right online go to salsaritas uh, on the app store download it and boom whatever you're in the mood for it can be waiting for you they can come bring it to you it's a great business at salsaritas and save 20 bucks with the promo code fall 2023 Actually, $20.23 for what it's worth. So 
Can't forget about that 23 cents, Scoots. Yeah, it's important. It all, it all adds up. A texter on the Thornton's text line, they say, what is your all's opinions on Catholic weddings too long? Scoots, I'll let you take that one. Yes, they are entirely too long, but that's because of the tradition that goes behind them. Like everything in the Catholic faith, faith is very traditional. So I think that's probably why the length of, I mean, they have to go through the whole rigmarole for the Catholic wedding. There's certain, I don't, I don't know if benchmarks is the right word, but there's certain benchmarks you got to hit in a Catholic wedding and that it just takes some time, you know, but I, I personally, yes, I think they are entirely too long in the five weddings that I've done as an officiant. They have been an average of like nine and a half minutes, whereas a Catholic wedding is going to probably take closer to an hour, if not north of that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you just need, as long as you're mentally prepared for a Catholic wedding, the worst thing, like, I, I don't know, I've been to like some of the Catholic weddings where they don't serve, have the Eucharist, they, they don't serve communion, and you you're like, okay, they're not doing communion, so it should be quicker. And then you're like an hour in, and you're like, oh, my goodness gracious, what the hell's going on here? And those are the worst. But if you're mentally prepared for like, hey, this is just going to be a long wedding, they're fine. You, you just they're just look at it as like as if your ceremony was far away and the time you would have spent in traffic is the time you spend just hanging out in a church. Um, in which case, if your commute's far and then it's still a Catholic wedding, well, then I don't have any brain tricks for you. Um, you just got to sit through it. But no, I, I, I think they're mostly okay. I mean, they're they're longer. Have you ever been to a Greek wedding? I have not. Like no. a Greek a Greek Catholic wedding, is, Greek Orthodox. Is that the one where they smash the plates? Opa! Uh, I think they do smash stuff. They dance. They do a bunch of dancing like during the wedding ceremony. Yeah. Like they dance around like the tabernacle or whatever. Uh, it's a it's a trip, and those bad boys are two hours. Oof, those are too long. I'll I'll take the Catholic wedding over that. Uh, those are definitely too long. My buddy got married at a Greek wedding, and like we had at least a couple friends that were just like, ah, I'm, 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 I'll see you at the reception. I'll I'll be at the reception, <laughs> and they did. Uh, they just did not go to the ceremony. Um, but you know who cares? A texter five zero two four one four fourteen fifty says. Scoots, uh, Scoots, why don't you take that one? It jumped up on me. I know it said your name, though. Do you have it? Uh, yes, I've got it. It says... Is Scoots there? Let me let me unmute my mic for you. Um, it says, Scoots, Brandon Fott struck out nine and gave up two hits in six innings. Care to retract your statement about the fellow Shamrock? Wild stuff by him in the NLCS. He has a great performance. I, I, I will, and I, I even said yesterday, I've been doubting Brandon Fott the whole playoffs, and it's been egg on my face every single time that I have doubted him. So I don't know why I took that stance again yesterday. Because once again, it's egg on my face. Excellent performance by Brandon Fott. Yeah, you love seeing it from the Kentuckian. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite things to do is that, like, when somebody's got a claim to fame, like, Trinity people are you know, taking credit for him. And, and, and Louisvillians themselves. And I'm a Louisvillian, so I guess I can jump on board with that. But, like, let's just, you know, forget about the Trinity aspect. He's from Kentucky, Scoots. Isn't that your hated rival? Isn't that your hated rival, though, at St. X? Well, yeah. That's why I'm saying we don't recognize him as a Trinity Shamrock. We just <laughs> represent him as a fellow Kentuckian. I got you. That's yeah, fair. That's, that, that's the bit. That's the bit. You got it. You nailed it. 
A texter says on the Thornton's text line, who could shotgun a beer faster, Scooch or TJ? Ooh, I don't think we've ever shotgunned together. How are you with shotgunning? I'm pretty good. There's people that are faster than me, but I would say I'm probably above average on it. I've got a pretty big belly, and I'm relatively competitive, I've been told. So I, I'm I'm pretty solid at it, but there are – like I've got several friends that are better than I. I will – I'll give you the nod then. I think you would probably win in that race. I My brother, though – he does the thing when we shotgun. He's always – anytime we golf, he wants to take a shotgun. And he does the thing where he methodically cuts out a square in his can while it's, while it's sitting sideways so nothing comes out. But it's like the biggest hole that you could cut in your beer can. And he just like – he will take five minutes to just cut a perfect square in this can before popping it and shotgunning. So, yeah, I can't do it with him. He just takes too long. Yeah, yeah. The the shotgunning shotgunning is an interesting like I don't know if it even started in America. I would guess that it probably <laughs> did. It's a pretty interesting like cultural phenomenon. Like, hey, we're partying, we're having a good time. Let's see how quickly we can get this liquid. How many how many ounces is it? Twelve ounce? Twelve ounce 12 cans? Ounce, yep. Sixteen ounce cans, whatever. How quickly can we get this twelve ounce twelve ounces of liquid that gets us messed up? into our bodies ready set go and it's like you know seconds like with a a drink that's supposed to take you i don't know anywhere 10 to 20 minutes to drink i know it's different for everybody you're just inhaling as if it's air it's hilarious and like people love doing it and we do a lot of it i would say that like one thing i i I really dread shotguns nowadays scoots like i just don't enjoy them one my tolerance is not nearly as good as it like what you know one i don't drink as much so it makes sense that my tolerance wouldn't be as good um and two it's like that is just a a good way to get me drunker faster fill me up faster and just take away like the enjoyment of like you know just sipping but if you're in a scramble and your team gets a birdie you may need a shotgun it's it's the quick buzz that you're after on a shotgun by the way it can I'm be, never really looking for a quick buzz. It can be traced back to London in 1696 when a woman shotgunned a cast of porter on a dare. How about that? Uh, that is interesting. I don't want to give England any credit though, so <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore you. Act like we didn't hear that. Move on with our lives. A texter on the uh, so I would maybe give the slight edge to me, but I don't know. I wouldn't doubt that you could. Uh, do we think Roush is good at shotgun? Uh, Roush would smoke us both. Well, okay, well, now you're getting me fired up. <laughs> I could see Roush either being really, really good at it, which I, I agree with you that that's probably, like, the odds. But Roush is just a weird enough fellow where he could be like, it makes me throw up. I gag. Like, it, it I can't handle that much liquid that quickly. I, so I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case either for him. Nah, he's, he's putting hey, did you down. see that? did you see that Michigan is in tr- trouble? Harbaugh and the NCAA, they just don't see eye to eye. I did see that, yeah. I, I don't really understand what's going on with it all, but yeah, I saw the I saw the headline. They got caught, or they uh, are alleging that they are stealing signs from opponents. Okay, that, that's your take. I mean, maybe their opponents shouldn't put their signs out where they can be there stolen. Go. There we go. Yeah, no, that's the, that's like the argument is 
should this even be something that you get in trouble for? This has always been something that teams try to take advantage of. Now, coaches, when they, like, become NCAA head coaches, they do have to sign these little bylaws that, like, I will I will play the game fair. Gamesman, you know, sportsmanship is our top priority. I won't do anything to cheapen our sportsmanship pledge. They have to take some stupid pledge that nobody probably takes seriously. Um, that being said, that's the, that's the debate, Scoots, is – should should it be fair? Should stealing signals be fair game? And you all just need to do a better job at hiding it. I don't know if you all remember it in the Kentucky Georgia game, but they basically had a tent on Georgia's sideline that was covering up the coaches when they were calling plays. And it really wasn't a tent; it was more like a partition. But it was it was it was drastic. Like a lot of times, you may see like a a poster board, or you know, you'll see like a towel or something like that covering up some of the coaches calling plays. Georgia just had like a full on shack mattress bed sheet that they were covering up uh kirby smart with so you couldn't see and you're gonna see more and more of that which kind of stinks because it hides stuff you don't get to see as much as the viewer but what michigan was doing and this actually is like so you know having a gamesmanship and learning stuff in the course of a game scoots that's allowed like that's just being a good coach picking up on stuff that's happening in the game that's a good coach but what is actually illegal, like it's in the rule book, you're not allowed to do, and this is what they're accusing Michigan of doing, you cannot send staff to opposing teams' games for in-house scouting, which even in its own right, that's a dumb rule. Like why, why if Kentucky has a bye week this week and L has a bye week too, but let's say L was playing, if UK wanted to send a GA – to Cardinal Stadium to scout U of L, that should totally be allowed. And I don't like defending Harbaugh, and I don't like defending Michigan. I'm not a fan of either of those. I don't really have anything against them necessarily. Like I don't hate them. I just you know I'm not for them. I don't find them likable necessarily. But that's what they are accused of breaking: is sending support staff to games to try to steal signals. I don't have an issue with that. At all. I mean, it's it's not like the Astros thing back in the day where they were stealing signs and it was if they were if the Astros were just stealing signs via the runner on second base, no problem. I mean, that's that's just part of baseball. But they got technology involved, which is where they really got in trouble because they were using cameras to figure out the signs. It doesn't seem like in this situation that it's been based around technology at all. It's not like they're recording. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just feel like it should be all fair game. If if you want to get that competitive edge over your team then or over that team, then that team next game should come out and run something different, you know? Like, don't be so repetitive if you don't want people to know what you're doing. I, I agree with you. And, again, I just hate defending, like, Michigan and hardball. But I just – yeah, you know, like sending a, sending a scout to a game – that's just kind of doing your homework. That's to me, that's more due diligence. Yeah. Now they do have these rules that you send the videotapes. You got to, you know, you have to send the videotape that you've got. And that's why they don't want people going to games is that like, Hey, with, we've got this rule where we're sending you all of our tape. You don't need to come to our games. One that like cuts down on resources for schools that can't do that. Um, but Michigan thought, Hey, we can get an advantage here. And Hey, is it a surprise that since Harbaugh has been under the microscope of the NCAA, Michigan has turned into like a national title contender. They've always been a pretty good program, but the knock was they couldn't take that next step. 
well, they've taken that next step. Is there a coincidence here? But I think what this really comes down to is the NCAA just hates Harbaugh. Harbaugh hates the NCAA. He's defiant. And so the NCAA is just going to keep making life difficult for him as long as he's in the NCAA. Well, I, I think the- he wants to get out. And I think NCAA is trying to push him out. Wish they would. Wish they'd make it a little more difficult because I'm tired of Indiana losing by 40 to Michigan. Okay, well, they're just going to get another coach in that's going to beat IU by 40. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> don't, get your, don't get your hopes up, cowboy. What do we got next on the Thornton's text line? Uh, there is a text that says, Trilly Donovan, Kentucky meme post. Yeah, Trilly. I thought Trilly came out. I thought it was, like, confirmed that uh, – Mark Titus was truly Donovan, but I guess that was just a goof. Like he was just joking when he said all that. Because there's another yeah. big thread on Cats Illustrated about who truly Donovan is. It's somebody that's very connected. Nobody knows. But I've got to give at least the first that I saw of it. I've got to give tip of the cap to Travis Graff. He was the first that I saw that was like, "Hey, Boogie Flan to UK. It's a really quiet recruitment, so things could, you know, something there could be a surprise. But that's where that's where I think it's going to end up." Ooh, who gets, he was the first. Who gets outed first, Trilly Donovan or Bring Brom, bring Brom Home Guy? I think Bring Brom Home Guy is Patrick Ryan. <laughs> Seems to be a funny. common consensus. Yeah, and I think he's got like his network of his brother, and they've probably got a few other friends that are running the operation. Because that's like what a high schooler, and they were high schoolers <laughs> when this was made. That's like what a high schooler would do. And in college, you'd be able to do it as well. So I think it's him, but it's like a network of people. I'm not pretty convinced. confident about that. But that's a that's a common uh, mindset, yeah. Um, a texter on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Basketball season starting got me thinking, do you think the NCAA will ever hold a Final Four at a normal basketball arena again? Yeah, but it'll be like a novelty. It'll be like one time. We'll do it at the Garden or something. Does the Garden have like a 150th birthday coming up or something like that? <laughs> 125th birthday if so that's the spot i mean probably be closer like 100 but it's been around for a long time Mm -hmm. let's see that would be the spot oh my goodness gracious much younger than i thought i thought it was around in like the 30s and the 20s um 1968 so the 20 2068 final four bless you sorry sorry thank you uh, yeah, so much, much younger than I would have thought. Okay, another texter on the Thornton's text line. But, yeah, they're just doing it in domes. You can get more people there, more money there. I do wonder if, like, we'll ever get some kind of hybrid, like, indoor soccer stadiums that are, like, forty to 50,000 people, and maybe you could get a Final Four there where it'd feel, like, a little bit more intimate. I don't know. They're doing crazy stuff with stadiums every year, though. They are. Hey, Scoots, Colin show needs help. Eight's cutting in and out. Can't understand what's being said. That's from Shannon O'Bannon. Well, we got to make sure it sounds pretty for Shannon O'Bannon. I can guarantee the podcast is going to sound pretty. So there's that. No. Okay, but nothing additional. Nothing additional. No, I didn't I actually didn't see that text till just now. Another Oops. texter says, have you ever been to a satanic wedding? Five hours if you're lucky. No, I haven't been to a satanic wedding. Uh, but that's a, that sounds like it's too long, if you ask me. John here. Good TJF morning, everyone. The blue-white game is going to be awesome. Three things I believe may happen in the game, or Justin Edwards will lead all scores. The arrow will have the highlight play of the game. Also, I see I see Zanzamir 
having more than eight points and eight rebounds in this game. So what do you think about my predictions? Well, have a great weekend. Got to go. Cat you later. John, the only issue with the blue-white predictions, and we say this every year, but the only issue with the blue-white predictions is they, like, will switch teams. You'll, you'll get blue versus white, and then, like, two members of blue will go over to white, and then three members of white will head over to blue. And then you'll look at the box score, and you'll be like, oh, man, Justin Edwards only had six points on, like, two of eight shooting? That's pretty bad. And you're like, oh, no, but you got to go look at his white box score. He was really good as a white player. He had 27 points on 12 of 15 shooting or something. I don't know. I'm just making up numbers now. But they switch teams. So, like, are you doing just one of their box scores, like, on what they're doing on one of the two teams? Or are you combining their numbers all together? And then they're playing against each other. So you always get some really, really weird blue-white box scores. I didn't like Terrence Jones have 33 points in the blue-white game one year or something like that. <laughs> that turned out okay. Uh, did, like, Stacey Poole have a good blue-white game? You've had some weird scores in blue-white games, but I'm excited just to see it. Like, I, I will, if it's available, and I think that it is, I will watch it. Scoots, look up to see if you can find. Just go to UK Athletics, like, blue-white game TV. It's probably Got streaming it. on SEC Network or ESPN. But it'll be at Northern Kentucky. I think they said yesterday there were a few tickets available, which – Northern Kentucky, what are we doing? Gobble those bad boys up. Blue-white game's not like the coolest thing in the world, but, um, you know, it's a chance to see the team, get a better idea of some of these players. We haven't really gotten to see them in a real up-and-down setting since the Global Jams in the middle of the summer. So this will really be your first look. I know Big Blue Madness, they did a little scrimmaging, a little up-and-down, but Blue-white's a bit more organized. You do get some – you get – glimpses of real basketball not 40 minutes of real basketball but you'll get stretches where it's competitive and it's pretty good it is on sec network plus and espn plus so there you go all right there you go looks like the 2024 guards will be boogie Flynn, billy richmond travis perry if they want him have reed and hart coming back probably will take a vet transfer too how are we feeling boogie reminds me of ty ty case and type not sure where the ceiling is I definitely don't really get a tie tie type necessarily. Kaysen, I could see a little bit more of. I think Isaiah Briscoe, I, and I like to keep comparisons within the UK realm, which doesn't always make for the best comparisons, but I do think it makes for the most understandable comparisons because more UK fans can understand UK comparisons than they can players that they maybe never watched before or didn't watch much of or maybe just watched a March tournament run of. But I, I think Kaysen. Potentially, potentially. Uh, Isaiah Briscoe, I think, is probably the better one there. Yeah, Reed and Hart coming back. I would feel pretty good about that, all things considered. I like Billy Richmond a lot. I think having Reed Shepard is going to be huge. He's As long as he's going to be in college basketball, he's going to be an important player, an impactful player. So I'd be cool with that. And then, you know, you may go get a good scorer or a good shooter out in the transfer portal, potentially. Who's the other Billy that Kentucky was targeting? Wasn't there another Billy? This this class, maybe? He's a big, big guy. Gosh dang it, I can't think of his name. Big Billy? Uh, it's frustrating. Big Billy, Big Billy Bill? I'll think of it. Are you thinking of uh, Jaden Qu- Quintance? Nope. Because that doesn't have Bill in it at all. No, I've never heard that name. Yeah. Uh, does Gil have an opinion about Gushers? Gilshers, the Texters does. <laughs> I'm totally buying him a box for his birthday next year, writing Gilshers on it. What is he? Th- what is his thoughts about Gushers? I need to know. I don't. 
I don't know. I mean, we've never had a discussion on Gushers. I, I would imagine it was probably the same as mine because we had a similar upbringing. So I imagine that was one of those things in his house that was pretty not not all that frequent. So I imagine he probably loves them. He's He likes his sweets. So if it's just a little bit sweet, he'll love it. Mm-hmm. Just like his roommate. He buys you, those. Yeah. He buys those huge bags, you know, those huge bags of trail mix you get at the grocery stores, like the oh, yeah. five-pound bags. He'll smash one of those in a week. It's impressive. That is impressive. We, I got to get the Halloween candy out of my house. I've just been going <laughs> to, at, to town on it. That texture says hashtag Gil. Um, <laughs> all right, Scoot, it's time for our picks of the week. Oh, my gosh. Hold tight. Do we have Roush's? No. I forgot about picks of the week. That's not good. No, it's not what we're looking for. I'll come up with some. No well, the problem. good news is I'm – well, now you're going to probably actually do well because you're not going to spend any time on it. I normally don't spend much time on it, if we're being honest. Uh, mm. <laughs> well, I'm winning, so I, I'll go first. Buys you a little extra time. I'm 12-9 and nine on the year, which started out slow, but I'm starting to get a little bit hotter as time goes on. I've got 16 points in second place, also 12 and 9. Started out the year very hot, cooled off, but really nice week last week. He's at 15 points, just a point behind is our boy, Scooter Dingus. And then last place, the guy who does 16 football podcasts, Mr. Football himself, Nick Roush. He's 8 and 11 and two pushes. Uh, It's under 500, and he's got 10 points. He's six points off the lead. It's not a great spot to be if you are one. Nick Roush. Okay, uh, my first pick. I've really I, me myself. I have not really like settled in on which ones are which just yet. But I do know this one. Go ahead and give me Wake Forest giving a point against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to have a letdown game after a big win against Louisville. They're going to go on the road. Pittsburgh's still not a good team by any stretch of the imagination. I do think they just took advantage of a of a good to average U of L team. Um, ACC is just nothing but mediocrity, except for maybe Florida State. Um, It's just – it is as average as average gets. Wake Forest will be the more average team on Saturday. They'll beat Pittsburgh. Uh, They'll beat them by more than a touchdown, I think. So points not nearly enough. Go ahead and give me Wake Forest, giving a point versus Pittsburgh. Ohio State has won, I believe, nine of the last ten versus Penn State in that series. I think this is the year Penn State breaks through. I don't know if they win the game outright, but they definitely cover – Four and a half. So give me Penn State plus four and a half. Okay, let me write that down. Who are they taking on? Ohio State. That's right. That's a big one. That is big. Uh, Low total in that one, too. I think the total was like 41, which you think of Ohio State, you think of big offense. When you think of Penn State, you think of defense. 45 and and a half now. The odds makers settled on defense in that one. Uh, We'll see if Roush texts us anything. Doubt it. Yeah, probably unlikely. Okay, my second pick in the meantime, go ahead and give me uh, – I'm kind of fading big winners from last week. Illinois on the road cost me a little chunk of change, if we're just being honest. Uh, Illinois on the road with a big win against Maryland. They come home. They're hosting Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin beats them. I think Wisconsin wins. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I normally don't take uh, road favorites – but I'm doing it in this instance. Go ahead and give me Wisconsin two and a half against Illinois. 
this may be a mistake for me, but TCU had all the hype coming into this season. You're telling me I'm getting TCU six and a half at Kansas State. I'll take TCU plus six and a half. TCU plus six and a half at Kansas State. Yeah, I saw that one. Didn't love it. Stayed away from it. It's lock of the week time. Go ahead. I, you know, I feel like I should just stay away from this freaking team after what they did to me. But this is just which one's the bigger fraud. And Dabo Sweeney's the bigger fraud. Give me the Miami Hurricanes plus three at home versus Clemson. I think they win it outright, but I'll gladly take the plus three. I think this is going to be a really close game for what it's, for what it's worth. Um, if you can get like a fun prop on that game going to overtime, it's probably worth the juice in that one. But I think Miami wins a close one at home. Just kneel the ball if you get the chance, you dum-dums. All right, quickly, um, under 31 for Minnesota and Iowa. That total can't go low enough. That's my lock. Lock it up. Uh, I liked Iowa a lot to cover the spread in that one. That one just missed the card. What was the number on that Minnesota-Iowa? 31. 31. My goodness gracious. All right, everybody had a good weekend. MVP of the blue-white game, I will say it's going to be Justin Edwards just from a numbers standpoint. I think he puts up big numbers. Enjoy it. We'll be back on Monday with Nick Roush. Justin Kalen's our producer. I'm TJ Walker. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. WXVW Jeffersonville.